Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Dansby and his streaky power. Franks is in a tough position, and the Hawks did the right thing. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. We welcome you into a Wednesday hump day edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. Free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review and then follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. So as the Braves have been beating up on the god-awful pawn scum flea bag, low life, dirt bag, muck and guck in your gutter, Pittsburgh Pirates. One guy who's had a very interesting season in a lot of different ways is the soon to be free agent Dansby Swanson at shortstop, right? And I was looking at some numbers the other day about Dansby. And when you look at Dansby's numbers overall from a 35,000 foot view, right? He actually has had a, a very good season, and I do think that he's going to end up winning the gold glove this year. But 16 homers, 69 RBI, 80 runs that he scored, 16 steals to go along with it. Now, most likely, we expect Dansby is going to be a 2020 player for the Atlanta Braves, right? But boy, that 16 homers that he's hit, which is not a bad number, that's what, I think it's uh, tied for uh, third on the team right now, or sorry, tied for fourth on the Atlanta Braves team. But how he's gotten here is very interesting. So I was looking at some numbers. Dansby didn't homer in his first 19 games of the season. And if you look at his numbers up to April 27th, he went 71 plate appearances in 19 games without a single solitary homer. And then in the next 75 games, up until the All-Star break, which was July 17th, was the last game the Braves played before the All-Star break. In 323 plate appearances, he had 15 homers. Since the All-Star break, which takes you all the way till yesterday in the game against the Pirates, he's had another 138 plate appearances where he's only had one home run. So in 323 plate appearances in a consecutive streak, he had 15 homers. He also has another 209 plate appearances at the very beginning and here so far at what's the you know up-to-date part of the season where he's hit a grand total of one homer. Now, look, everybody knows that when I speak on the Braves, they have I have a direct pipeline into the dugout. They listen to me on an app. They listen to my show, right? We get them down a we told you about Olsen, he responded, right? We've talked about Ronnie, he responded, right? Here's what I'm asking for Dansby, because he's had an outstanding season, and he's going to be a very, very, very rich man in this offseason. I need him to get his power stroke back. And look, he's done a lot of good things. He's still hitting, you know, with a really good average this year. Dansby's at 290. His on base for him is pretty good at 344. I'll take all of that. But boy, the home run streak 
for a guy who last year hit 27 homers. And he profiles as a guy who could be a consistent 2025 homer. And I expect he's going to certainly be over 20-some homers this year, right? He's already at 16, and we've got whatever, 40-whatever games left to play for the Atlanta Braves. It's when you dive in the numbers, it's how we got here and where we're at with all this. Didn't do anything at the beginning of the year. His power has decreased since the All-Star break, but a really good stretch through the middle. Now, we'll talk more about this here in just a second. But first, we'll talk about my friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.net. Listen, it is the best and easiest way to get all of your sports wagering information. Place your bets. Baseball season is rocking and rolling, man. Divisional races. Things are cranking up and heating up. Games are tight. You want to put some ducats on that. NFL football is here. About to wrap up the preseason. College foosball starts this weekend. We got week zero already. Games coming up, and then all the big games happening over Labor Day weekend, right? Football season is in full throw. Golf, oh yeah, the tour championships here in town this week. Yeah, we got boxing, we got MMA. All of your esports and betting information is right there at betonline.net. Your best source for all of your wagering information, esports, betting, scores, podcast information, all of it is right there. Use that mobile device, right? Super easy. Go to betonline.net, get all the information you need. Wager smart, be in, you know, informed about what you're putting your money down on. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your betting needs. So again, you know, listen, when we speak, I'm trying to get it into existence, right? I'd like to see Dansby get that home run stroke back because, brother, he's got a lot of guys that are going to be on base around him, right? And I give him credit. He's hitting doubles and he's driving in some runs. But think about if he gets that home run stroke back. And you've got Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom and Ronnie and all these guys that keep getting on with all this speed out there in front of them. Dansby could push toward 100 RBIs. There's no reason why he can't push toward 100. He needs 31 RBI to get to 100 for this year. And if you think about how many two-hole hitters in Major League Baseball, because that's basically where he's hit for most of the season, how many two-hole hitters are 100 RBI guys? If he can get that power stroke increased a little bit, and, and that's the thing about Dansby, right? We know that he's always very streaky. You know, it can be up, it can be down, and this, that, and the other. You know, he may not be the perfect profile for a two-hole hitter. The only thing I think missing from Dansby's game is you'd like to see him walk a little bit more, right? If he can walk a little bit more and get above that 350 on-base percentage, then he becomes, you know, an ideal top-of-the-order hitter because he's got the speed, he's got power, he's got gap power, he's got the ability to drive in runs. Right. He can do a lot of different things with the bat. But boy, his home run numbers get very, very streaky at times. You know, nothing in the first 71. He's only got one in 138. And then he goes one homer about every 21 plate appearances where he hits 15 in 323, which comes out to about 21 and a half plate appearances. So if Dansby can find that home run stroke back. Right. And look, this team is built around home runs, strikeout. Right. That's. That's how they profile, you know, out there. But there's no reason why Dansby can't put up that 100 RBI number hitting at the top of the order. And and you think about the way that this lineup rolls and is constructed with the guys at the bottom and the guys at the top. Again, I think it's the deepest lineup in all of Major League Baseball. I think that there is so many different things that they can do at different points in your order up there. And look, the Braves are now two games back of the Mets, right? 
you keep beating up on the dirt bag, flea bag, pawn scum, bottom of the barrel sludge, and you take that scraper and you got to scrap it all up off there, right? And clean out all the muck and gunk that's anything in there, right? But if Dansby can find that home run stroke, think about how dangerous even this lineup can, even more dangerous that this lineup can be. All right, when we come back, Felipe Franks is in a tough spot. I'll explain all of that next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment as well. I always read through all the comments that you leave, good, bad, or otherwise, and I'll wait for your apologies on some things. But anyway, also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, which include Spotify, Odyssey. Download us for free. Leave us a five-star review, and then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Was I surprised by any of the Falcons' cuts yesterday? Not entirely. I hated to see Auden Tate get cut. I really had high hopes for Auden Tate that he could come in and be a part of this offense, and this was a golden opportunity for him to try to get in, you know, get his NFL career back on track. But didn't quite work out, so not really surprised by any of the cuts. One guy who's going to be very interesting to watch still that maybe a few weeks ago we thought was a complete lock for the 53-man roster is Felipe Franks. Now, he's in a tough, tough spot this week. Why do I say that? Well, you're at the final game of the preseason, and based upon what he did against the Jets, where when he played quarterback, he was two for six for eight yards, 1.3 yards per attempt, and he took two sacks. He actually lost 18 yards in sacks and only threw for eight. And I'm going to say this as nicely as I possibly can, okay? Because I, I know the comments already. I can already see you down there. Too. He's hating on him. Felipe Franks has no business playing quarterback in the NFL. He is not an NFL quarterback. Now, Again, I give him all the credit in the world, and I'll quote my friend Steve Weish when he talked about on my show that Felipe Franks is doing what Tim Tebow wasn't willing to do, and that's change positions to keep himself in the NFL, right? And if you look the first couple weeks of camp, he did a lot of good things, and I thought he showed out a little bit in the Detroit Lions game, but you saw he can't play quarterback in this league. You know, he didn't do anything to help his wide receivers out. Can he run? Yeah, he can pick up some yards on the run. But you're, you can't take those kinds of hits that he takes and play quarterback in the NFL. And you don't keep an emergency quarterback on your roster just to say you have an emergency quarterback. Teams don't do that. But you do stash one of those guys on your practice squad. So first off, let me say, I think that he's going to be on the practice squad. I don't think he's going to make the 53-man roster. When you look at Pitts, and Hesse and Frisker and Fitzpatrick. I think they've got plenty of guys that can play tight end even over Franks, okay? And his emergency quarterback status means zilch in the NFL. You don't keep a guy because he's an emergency quarterback. If you have to get to the point where you play Felipe Franks at quarterback in an NFL game, you might as well just throw in the towel. You might as well, you might as well be Rocky Balboa and throw in the towel like you did for Apollo Creed, right? And just be done with all of it. So anyway... He's in a tough spot this week because if the Falcons want to rest Mariota, because you're coming off a short week, remember, game on Monday, game on Saturday, co-practices in between, right? We got practices together with the Jaguars. So if you want to rest Mariota in this final week of the preseason, 
and play Ritter and start Ritter, you probably don't want Ritter to have to play the entire game or put him in harm's way. So it's going to stick Franks in at quarterback, which if he's having to prepare and get ready for that, pulls him away from being able to get mixed up in the offense at the tight end position because we need to see something out of him in game action. You know, I like when I've when I've been to practice, when I've been to training camp practices, I like what I've seen. I like some of the things that he's done. I like some of the one-on-ones. <clears throat> I liked a couple of things I saw out of him in the Detroit Lions game, first preseason game. You know, he had to learn to get his body adjusted, his footwork right, but that's learning a new position. But then against the Jets, it was nothing. The only thing we really saw of him was his quarterback play. And that final drive where they got the first and goal at the five-yard line, which Again, I have no idea why they didn't run the football there, but when they let Franks drop back and I mean, it was it was fugly to watch all that. Right. So he's in a tough spot coming up this week, and I wonder how they're going to use him. Now, we'll talk more about this in just a second. But first, let me talk about my friends over at Coffee AM, coffeeam.com. Listen, I had an event I had to do this morning for Mercedes Benz, the Atlanta Falcons and, and everything like that. But as I was headed out the door, I made sure I made me a pot of my favorite coffee in the world, coffeeam.com, right here in America, right, not right here in America, of course they're in America, right here in the state of Georgia, up in the Canton area. They're the best small batch coffee roaster in America. And listen, you're looking for K-Cups, you're looking for organic, you're looking for flavored, whatever it is that you're looking for, coffeeam.com is the place to go. And here's what I got going on for you. Head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on, coffeeam.com backslash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get there, look through the menu, all kinds of different things. You want coffee, you want tea, you're looking for mugs, gift sets, whatever like that. Look through what they have available to you. Put that first order together. And when you get to the checkout, use the coupon code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Put LOCKEDON as the coupon code at checkout. You get 15% off that first order of coffees, teas, gift sets, whatever it is that you're purchasing at coffeeam.com. 15% 15% off simply by using locked on as the coupon code at checkout, coffeeam.com. They are the best small batch coffee roaster in America. But you'd like to see if they're not going to play Mariota, you want to see Franks get reps at tight end and get them. Look, we know Pitts is going to make the team. We know that, you know, uh, Hesse is going to make the, the team. So we know the first couple of tight ends. Now you're trying to sort out the rest of the guys, the Friskers and the Fitzpatricks and the Felipe Franks and things like that. Because, look, Franks isn't going to make this team as a quarterback. And, and you can see he's got no business playing quarterback in the NFL. I give him all the credit in the world. What he's doing is immensely difficult. And Steve Weish is right. This is what Tebow wasn't willing to do. But he's got to make his bones there. So I think he's in a tough spot to make the final 53-man roster. I think he stays on the practice squad, which you like to have at least somebody on your practice squad that can play quarterback because you never know about injury or anything like that. But I don't think that he's going to be on the 53 unless you tell me that he has a huge week of practice and he gets a chance to get some offensive snaps and get in the rhythm a little bit of this offense. I think it's going to be tough for him. And I like Frank's. I like what he's done. I like his mindset. You know, when you talk to him, you know, he's been very, um, what do I want to say, very, you know, open to the idea of changing positions, right? He's been very um, accommodating, if you will, about switching to a different position. But at the end of the day, 
You have to show that you belong. You have to be able to produce. You know, you can't just put a guy on. Look, I love Jared Bernhardt. I think he's going to make the team. But you don't just put guys on your roster because they're a good story, right? Because you might get a good headline on Sports Center or something like that. Or, you know, they could do a feature on them on NFL Network or whatever like that. You have to make sure your 53-man roster, that every spot on that is ready to play. It's the, it's the old Bill Parcells philosophy. I'll, I'll upgrade the very bottom of my roster if it means I get better. Even if those guys never see the field, if I can get my roster better at the bottom, I'll do that. So Franks has a big week ahead of him. And I don't think it's a matter of the Falcons are going to move on or walk away from him or things like that. But if he's going to play quarterback on Saturday in that game, which I think there's a definite possibility that he is, because I don't expect to see Mariota, and I don't think they want to push Desmond Ritter through the whole game. Franks needs a few snaps on offense. And, you know, again, playing quarterback and tucking and running it and all that kind of stuff, that's no life to live in the NFL. So we'll see what happens on Saturday, but Franks is in a tough spot right now as far as how the 53-man roster is going to be constructed. Okay, when we get back, the Hawks did the right thing. I'll talk about that next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta in your search browser. Hit that subscribe button when you get there. Leave us a comment as well. Also, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So whatever ones you like, Spotify, Odyssey, you can find us there. Give us a five-star review. Follow me on my personal Twitter page at jmch316 so as we got word this week about kevin durant i guess literally yesterday the news broke. oh kevin durant's all happy he's gonna stay with the nets and we're out of the trade sweepstakes and blah 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 blah. great it's all kumbaya now with the with the brooklyn nets and kevin durant but we also got a report this week that the atlanta hawks did make an offer and this comes from sham sharinia and multiple sources that the hawks did make an offer for kevin durant that they offered up john collins DeAndre Hunter, and a first-round draft pick compensation to get Durant services. Now, would that have been enough to get Durant? Of course not. No, you'd have had to sweeten the pot and things like that. But here's the thing, and I know some fans aren't going to like to hear this, but the Hawks did the right thing. You, you, The Hawks needed to at least put some type of offer on the table. Do I think that the Nets were ever going to take a compensation of, with all due respect, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, and a first-round pick? No. You'd have had to sweeten it up. Another first-round pick, another player, something like that, right? But at least the Hawks made an offer, and they made a run at it, and they wanted to see if the Nets would be desperate enough to really move on from Durant. I give the If I'm a Hawks fan, I'm very happy about the fact that my team made an offer to make a run at and go at Kevin Durant. Yeah, I would have loved to have had Durant. Who wouldn't love to have the best offensive player in the NBA on my squad and my roster? And yeah, it would have cost you, you know, at least two starters, maybe a third starter, I don't know, but certainly it would have cost you something to get a guy like that. But you have to make that offer. You have, if you're going to tell me that we're going to be a franchise that is on the move upward, you have to get in the mix. When Kevin Durant becomes available, and I'm I'm super glad that we got a published report of an offer. I don't want to hear back channel, secret codes, Morse code, you know, indecipherable, you know, messages, you know, things on a wave or whatever. 
we got an offer that was, they offered this, 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 this. Okay, that's good. That's good. That tells me that my franchise is in the business of acquiring talent and trying to get to the next level. Again, I understand there was no way that the Nets were going to take that offer. Not when some teams are, not when the Celtics are offering Jalen Brown and this and that, right? I get that. I understand that the Hawks, you know, again, were probably not realistically in the mix. But I also don't think that they gave the Nets an offer that insulted their intelligence. You know, you have a good young player in John Collins. You have a good young talent in DeAndre Hunter. And you give up, you know, at least a first round draft pick. Maybe, you know, you sweeten it up with another pick or two or whatever like that. It wasn't an offer that feels like it was a complete slap in the face of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure the Nets have had worse offers than that, where somebody probably offered three or four draft picks or whatever like that for the best offensive player in the NBA. But I like the fact that my franchise, the team that I root for, was in this mix and and they made an offer. And if you're a Hawks fan, that should give you some hope. You know, I, I understand we've talked before, you know, it's been talked about over the years, free agents in the NBA don't want to come to Atlanta and this, that, and the other, right? And I understand that for various reasons, right? I mean, you know, we, we've heard the reasons why, you know, side piece, you know, all that kind of stuff about why guys don't want to come here to Atlanta, right? But I need my franchise to be in the mix. When players are becoming available, free agency, via trade, or whatever like that, I need my franchise to be in the mix, and as a Hawks fan, you should be happy that there is a, here was a concrete offer that the Atlanta Hawks made to the New Jersey Nets. And, and I've said this before. I don't think there's anything wrong with trade offers or free agent offers getting out in the public. I, I think that only invigorates your fan base. I said this a few, several years ago. Remember when Drew Brees was in a free agent year and the Jaguars were coming off of their AFC championship game appearance against the Patriots. And Blake Bortles couldn't make a single solitary play in the game. If Blake Bortles had made one play against the Patriots, they would have been in the Super Bowl. And who knows how their fate would have changed. They were the best young roster in the entirety of the NFL. Maybe if they get a Super Bowl appearance, win a Super Bowl appearance, the whole direction of the franchise absolutely could have changed out there. But Blake Bortles couldn't make a play. They were a quarterback making a play away from being in the Super Bowl. And I said, if I was Tony Khan and the Jaguars, I would hold a press conference and I would take one of those, you know, those big burlap sacks that you fill up with money and it's got the dollar symbol on it, right? Like in the cartoons, I would have taken $80 million and put it on the table and said, I want, and, and this was, remember, several years ago. So this is before everybody made $40 million as a quarterback. I'd have put 80-something million on the table and said, we're offering this to Drew Brees. We want Drew Brees here. Here's 40-plus million dollars a year. Come be our quarterback for a couple of years and go win us the Super Bowl. I'd have made it public. I'd have made it to where Drew Brees would have had to have had his own press conference and said, no, I am turning down the offer from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want that out of my franchise. I want my franchise to have a go-for-it mentality. You know, and it wasn't an offer. Again, I know some people say, well, the Nets were never going to take that. I get that. And I understand that. But it wasn't a completely insulting. Because, again, 
the Falcons aren't, or the Falcons, the Hawks are not going to give up Trey Young. You know, if we're being honest, the only single solitary player that has any value that even scratches the surface of Kevin Durant is Trey Young. You're going to have to put a package of players together. And again, when you get to the point of the Nets have some interest in it, you can tweak the details and add here and, and throw something else in here and this, that, and the other. But as a starting point offer for Kevin Durant, I'm glad that the Hawks did that. And I said before, I don't necessarily want to lose John Collins and I don't want to lose DeAndre Hunter. But if I have the chance and the opportunity to get one of the elite of the elite, the best of the best of the best of the best players in the NBA, and I do think Kevin Durant is the best offensive player in the NBA right now. If I have a chance to get a guy of that caliber, then I'm going to have to be willing to give up some of my assets. And the fact that they were willing to give up John Collins, who, you know, obviously everybody said was going to be traded, right? Everybody said, every, every blue check mark media person told me he was going to be traded this offseason as he's getting ready to go to training camp for the Atlanta Hawks here. He was going to get traded, right? And DeAndre Hunter was a guy that, I like his upside, and I wasn't really willing to give him up unless I got into that caliber of player. So I give the Hawks credit, and if you're a fan of the Hawks, I don't think it was bad news. I don't think it was bad news that you're in the Durant sweepstakes. This is where they needed to be. This is where you want your franchise to be. Let's go after these guys. Let's go make a run at it, because you're going to have to have some superstars. You're going to have to have a roster that has those kind of caliber players on it, if you're going to win the NBA championship, if you're going to find a way to win 16 games in the playoffs, you have to have the Durant level players. So kudos to the Hawks for having an offer out there and at least making a run to try to get what I think is the best offensive player in the NBA. All right, we well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zinno your second listen every day. Mark's back talking all things sports here in Atlanta. He is free and available on our YouTube page at, at Locked on Sports Atlanta. Check us out. Hit that subscribe button when you get there. Also, you can download us for free on all of your favorite podcast platforms, which include Spotify, Odyssey. Give us a five-star review once you download us there, and then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.